Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Evening Car Jack. I believe you've used that. I might have done. I believe you've used that. I don't, that. but how are you doing? I'm fine, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. What's going on? What's the story? What's the scoop? What, are what the else is going doing? on? So what else is going on? Yeah, what my else brother. Going on? My brother has a tendency to do that. You'll tell him. He'll ask you what's going on, and you'll tell him a long, involved story, and you won't leave out any detail. He'll give it about a beat, and then say, "So what else is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and I have adopted it. I use it all the time yeah, now because I think it's hilarious. It's kind of a family joke at this point. So, well, we are here to do what we like to do best: eat. Well, Drink. second best, the third best. I, yeah, we're the, th- the thing that we do third best. <laughs> we do third best. <laughs> Talk about crime. I don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, the, oh, oh. Yeah, that. that's what we're here for. <laughs> that. Uh, quick and dirty. We like the oh. forensic files because quick they are and dirty. Well, no, they, wait, are we? What are we talking about now? We're, we're talking about forensic files. <laughs> Season 14. Oh, wait, wait. Forensic Files. Season 14. Season 14. Episode 11. Episode 11. And it's called Waterlogged. Waterlogged. I'm a little conflicted because Forensic Files, it seems a little irreverent when you're talking about kind of the heinous things that we talk about that they have to make a, a jokey little title like that, but that's Forensic Files. Keeping it well, light. Well, I mean, because, well, think about it. I mean, there were, there were I don't know, several hundred of them. Oh, thousands. The, the, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. They are. So they got to give them names yeah, and stuff. they have I to have fun it. with it, too, right? Well, the editor. It's not, well, I mean, that was in that genre where the where the television market was just glutted with those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds. So any way they could do it to, Yeah, you true know, crime has a real allure, I think, to a lot of people because so many of us just cannot relate to the kind of behaviors that these criminals... I mean, you know, people stealing, it's like, oh, I, I can, yeah, you know, I can relate to, like, wanting to just take something well, I think it's exactly it, but... the opposite. I think it's people wishing that they could do these things. Kill people? Yes. I'm talking in general, st- in general statements about the sh- types of shows, not mm. this particular show. I'm not... I was talking about the crime genre of these these crime shows, uh. and I think it feeds into people like you know. It'd be really nice to knock off my boss or my. I whatever. suppose those fantasies, but uh, I don't. Maybe you're maybe you're onto something there, but I I I not I this thought... one. Oh no, this one's pretty messed up. Yeah, but I'm just. But I because I, I I murder a, a well. Okay, so just for a qualifier here on yeah. this statement that I just made, because <laughs> uh, everybody's sitting at home wishing they could murder someone. No, yeah, that's kind there's of there's crimes of I, I think it's fall, it falls into the category of crimes of passions mm-hmm. where you're you feel like you're at your wit's end. Your boss is riding you. Your your spouse. Your, you almost you know, committed a crime of passion a couple of weeks ago when that waiter tried to take away your plate of food and you almost assaulted him with a fork. <laughs> I think stabbing a waiter in the hand with a fork you is not off. assault. You would have gotten off. <laughs> The jury would have there moved. were three <laughs> bites of my food left, and he was reaching for my plate. <laughs> All charges are dropped. Uh, no, but, but I, but I, that's I, what the, I'm talking about. But the I'm fantasy of, about... of knocking off your your wife that right. you can't stand I, anymore. I think it feeds it because the how many how many to, how many jokes do you see of? uh Oh, I'm really worried. My wife's been watching, you know, a CSI yeah. too much. My She's wife get away know, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is not a uh, an out of an okay. Out an out, okay. outfield statement. I, a lot of the cr- this true crime stuff. This particular one, yes. I am okay because I, I I'm just abhorred by by what what well, happens. Yeah, but, but you're kind of kind of you're kind of no, Andy not, Opie Cunningham. Opie, I'm not that bad. 
<laughs> I can't even say it. Andy Griffith's kid, Opie. Yeah. You, you have a very, I, I think it's actually a good quality in you. That I don't want to kill people. No, no, no. <laughs> that there is an all shucks. I mean, hey, hey, good company in the car listeners. Uh-huh. He says, golly. Yeah. He actually uses the term golly from time to time. Like, oh my gosh, this happened. Oh, golly. Jeepers creepers, you make me sound so square. No, but, I mean, but I'm not. <laughs> See what I did there? I'm actually paying you a compliment, but you're not listening to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I am. Did you're, I mean, you, you still have a, uh, you know, there's still this this reverence in you for good. And I'm like, my cold, hard, oh, black heart. heart. <laughs> like, uh, screw them, screw uh, that. You're I the Grinch get... to my Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you got the puss. And I got I guess it looks just like Max. And that's really funny. I put the horn on his head. There you go. That'd be great. Let's that's take perfect. that. Let's do that. There you go. Okay, you it's go. Uh, June 1989 and June night. He gave me see only... he gets he gets mad at me. It's cuz it's it's cuz it's funny to me. I think it's hilarious. So I'm going to do it. Okay. okay. Go ahead. June 1989, the police in Tampa Bay three bodies are found floating. Joanne Steffi, who is kind of the hero of this episode, uh, she makes an early appearance. It was horrible. It was terrible. It was beyond comprehension to think anyone could do what was done to those girls. So the bodies had only been in the water for what they estimated was three days, but because of the decomposition and the gases that formed, they they turned into like balloons and they floated three days. After only three days? But Tampa Bay was so warm. It's the end of June that the the water in Tampa Bay was probably in the 80s. And even though they were tied to 30-pound cinder blocks... Their gases in their body turned them into human balloons, and they floated to the surface. Mm-hmm. And it, but which is kind just of terrifying. If you think about it, though, it's kind of like, how would you like to be out of the Tampa Bay? It's like, do we have any Miller Lite? It's like, we've got. Do you want a wine cooler? It's 1989, so we're drinking wine coolers, right? Yes. So you want a wine cooler? Oh my shit! What the fuck? Did right. We just go back. Well, no, but think about that though, too. It's like. They found these bodies. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always think of Dexter. Yeah, he threw hundreds of hundreds of bodies just off. You know, you know that that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. That. And and this this didn't. And um, so they they contacted the University of South Florida to do an analysis of the currents in the bay during the previous three days. And it's a very it's a fairly exact science. The the water oh, currents. Yeah, yeah. There there are lots of um, monitoring buoys in Tampa Bay, even back in '89. And the science of predicting where things drifts is pretty precise. And the bodies were found very far from each other, like a mile and a half from one was found a mile and a half from the other. And the third one was found even further down. And I, I feel like it was almost like on 9-11 when, you know, the one plane flew into the tower. And they're like, shit, we've got a floating body. It's like, we got another one. And it's like, right, oh, something just yeah, did the yeah, Pentagon. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's like, we've got a third one down here, right. you know, because they were all well, discovered the probably, same day. I'm guessing, this is me trying to sound smart. I'm guessing it's because of their body densities. So, you know, depending on how heavy or thin they, they, they were. They looked like they were pretty, pretty each, thin. But each three, the three of them were all... The mother was skinnier, the one daughter was fuller, and the other daughter was uh, kind of in between. Yeah, so, but they were not so big I'm, people, yeah. So I'm guessing, like, well, the the you know, the one pop... First, oh, okay, they're different... Bo- yep, yeah, yep, different yep, body densities, body densities. I think that was the word I was looking for. So they figured out that it was somewhere in the middle of the bay where the bodies were dropped. And the news breaks, all of Tampa is horrified. The autopsy shows that there is water in their lungs, which means... They were alive. 
were dropped in the water. That alive. actually really bothered me. With and their when hands we, and when later when we get into back. it, I'm going to talk about this a lot. Okay. So a hotel manager at the Days Inn calls the cops because a maid says, you know those people who checked in a couple of days ago? Mother no one's been in their room. Yeah. I've been by every day to service it. And what kind of creeped me out about the picture of the room was it was super relatable. Those bed covers, <laughs> they're commercial grade. They have those exact ones at Lowe's Wharf. And they had an igloo cooler at the base of the bed because everybody well, travels with the cooler. Yeah. But I mean, it was like that just the, in Tampa. That's the exact that? same stuff I would yeah, have. Yeah. You know, I was like, that looks like my my room, and yeah. it was. Well, um, they, these were these were re- everyday people. These were regular. You know, sh- they weren't rich. They weren't poor. Yeah. They were you know just yeah, days in. People. But yeah, yeah, I thought days in were super fancy well, when I was a kid. We never stayed in motels. On the odd occasion we did, I I just thought it was so great. The, the pool in the parking lot. Which I, I love parking lot pools. Don't you? You remember how exciting I, it was? You're t- we stayed in hotels. We traveled. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, it wasn't it fun. Good. You couldn't wait to get oh, to the yeah. pool. My uh, mom even had it down to a science where we, if we bought something that might be perishable, she she would put it right on the vent for the air conditioner. Smart, yeah. <laughs> cheese. I remember because you know we're big cheese. What is cheese? What is cheese? <laughs> putting cheese on the air. So we meet Mike Deason, television reporter. Would be not a Forensic Files episode if we did not have hard hitting local reporter to give us his take on the scene. The horror of that resonated through the Tampa Bay area, and people wanted to know what kind of animal would do something like that. And then we get Glenn Moore. He was one of the investigators. I think he left their eyes uncovered because he wanted each one of them to see what was happening to the other one. And I think he wanted to see the fear that was in their eyes as he was doing what he was doing with them, which is, is about as perverted as you can get. Naturally, the people of Tampa are horrified and outraged. Somebody has abducted these three women has done this horrible thing to them. The city of Tampa wants this killer found. And of course, they're thinking, serial killer, this is going to be a a new trend. Something's going to start. You know, people are going to start disappearing off the streets because these weren't crime people. These, it sounds so horrible when you say that. You know, these weren't the people that were likely to come up missing. These were, you know, they were vacationers. They They were actually going back to Ohio from Orlando and they got lost, which is a thing people did back in the 80s. And they decided to just spend a night in Tampa and extend their stay. Oh, because you know, why it's really funny when they showed the pictures of the room Uh they had disney bags Uh, yeah okay they were disney yes yeah and oddly the father and the husband didn't report the missing for three days after they were supposed to be back he hadn't heard from them and everything else so we uh i just did what i needed to do to function and didn't worry about nothing else investigator steven porter is feeling me he seemed somewhat cold to me very cold here's a person who's just lost his entire family not just one but three people and there was no emotion. Yeah, he seems super unmoved by the horror of it. I did not like the way he reacted at all. I agree with you that he came off very coldly and stuff like that. But from his mindset, I'm sorry my wife again. I got 500 head of cattle. But he didn't... He didn't no, but it's like I had no it's time a, to grieve. I don't. I uh, I'm with I'm with investigator Stephen Porter. He has Porter. too much to do. I it's that it's I'm not making fun of this by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a type of individual. There are people who live on farms who they never venture out. But they're, I, they're, I, 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 all that aside, his that was his. I know it's been it was 15 years later that they were interviewing 
interviewing him for this, he still should have shown some appropriate emotion, and he didn't. I agree he was very cold, but think about this. His wife and two kids went on vacation without him, so maybe yeah. that was the basis of the relationship. Well, what I liked anyway. is, why did you stay in Ohio in, in September? When they were shooting, filming in, uh, in Ohio at his farm, I wanted that to be June. I wanted Ohio to be that awful. It was wintry, and Ohio. it was probably yeah. March, but I wanted that to be I'm June. I'm a fan of Ohio. <laughs> I love yeah. bashing Ohio. They thought maybe he was a suspect because he didn't report them missing. There was some fishiness going on with their bank account. He'd withdrawn money. His brother had been accused of oh, molesting one of the, one of the children. Is, yeah. You did research. So I'm just putting it in here because it kind of you know fleshes this Makes part sense. out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would have done anything to well, get out of and, there. And but. In the ding dong, I'm, I don't know if you have a clip for this or not, but he said something like, they saw me eating breakfast and they saw me eating dinner. So the impossibility. And I'm like, well, ding dong, if you were, if you were going to have your wife and kids killed of course you'd be seen during the day that's true the people here know because i'd been to breakfast that morning and that evening for dinner so you know almost an impossibility but you know 900 miles away but he kind of chuckles well again it's inappropriate it's a completely unsophisticated person i i'm not defending him i'm just saying you're putting his his whole life revolves around getting up at four o'clock in the morning to start the deal with the cows Mm -hmm. and he's probably asleep by seven o'clock in the evening Mm -hmm. he he it's a mindset he does not have i'm have a an ounce of sympathy for him okay yeah that's all he's not getting any from me okay so eventually the cops find the at a boat ramp and they find two handwritten notes what kind of car did she drive it was a Calais. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, I believe that's an Oldsmobile. Yeah. <laughs> they find two handwritten notes in the car. One they are able to determine is from Jones handwriting. The other one is from no one in the car. Teresa Stubbs is a forensic handwriting expert. A forensic handwriting expert. Yep. They said forensic in this episode 17 times. I counted it. Did you really? <laughs> yes. See, sometimes that's not even I the think highest you're one. BSing me. That's not even the highest one. I know. They've gotten into the 20s. She notices a bunch of interesting things in this handwriting. Notably, the capital T that appears in the middle of words and the Y's. The handwriting on the other note, the one with directions to the Rogers Hotel, was distinctive. I determined that the handwriting on the brochure was not written by the mother or either of her daughters. In the word Courtney, part of the hotel's address, the T was capitalized in the middle of the word. This is unusual, not only because it's a capital letter, but because of the spatial quality of the small r to the tall t. So next to the direction... But also, here's something I wanted to point out about the handwriting. It wasn't cursive. It was mm-hmm. all print. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that you would take the time and energy to print, uh-huh. and then your letters are still kind it's of very distinctive. It, it was very distinctive. It was, it was, very it was distinctive. yeah, and it was very instrumental in him getting caught. So next to the direction... Well, you Joan just gave wrote, the whole thing away. Well... No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Now it's all ruined. We don't even have to record it now. You just gave it all away. So next to the direction, she wrote wrote blue and white. That was a spoiler. (laughs) They reasoned that they were meeting a blue and white boat. And a tipster calls the police and says, you know what? There's a guy giving illegal sunset cruises down at that very boat ramp. This guy is Jason Wilcox. He owns a blue and white boat. He's got a criminal record. And they go to his property. He's got a side hustle. Yeah, it's just got a little side hustle. So he he has a he has and they see similar cinder blocks. Yeah, and, well, so, cinder blocks or cinder blocks. I got cinder. <laughs> <laughs> 
So well, the, the investigator says, uh, you might like somebody for a crime, but just because you like them and it's looking pretty suspicious, proving it is a whole nother issue. You can find the suspect and you can even find the one you think did it, but now proving it is a whole nother ballgame. And that led me to believe that they're like, this is the guy. Look to me too. This is the guy. What was this chilling is the was, guy. I'm like, that guy looks like the guy next door. There's nothing sinister about exactly. it. Exactly. And yes. So blue and white boats are the most popular color combination of boats. They are? Uh, yes. And blue also, interior of whalers, a lot of boats have blue interiors because bees will not build on a blue surface. So <gasps> you won't get like wasps and stuff. Does that scare you? Do you know that for sure? I do. Yeah. A guy told me. I'm a, a mechanic in a boatyard. You're looking at me like I'm giving you the third degree. I've never heard that before. Bees, okay. Bees don't like blue. Yeah, they there, everybody knows. They won't okay. So two weeks before this murder, the investigators learned of a similar crime. A 24-year-old Canadian tourist, she was actually out with her friend, and her friend declined the invitation, were offered to be given a sunset cruise by this dude. And the one girl didn't like it, and the other girl's like, sure. She's a tourist, and he offers her a ride on the bay, and she goes, wow, great. Once they were out on the water, where no one could see them, the man said he'd kill her if she didn't have sex with him. He also told her... There were sharks in the water in case she was thinking of trying to swim to shore. She says, please, please don't do anything to me. I'm a virgin. She said he got very excited about it. He rapes her, and he told her before he raped her, it's not worth getting murdered over a sexual assault. And he apparently had ropes on the boat, just as he did with the Rogers family. Afterwards, the man got physically ill. Was it a matter of he was so excited, he was physiologically overcome, or was it that he psychologically was so appalled by his act that he got sick? I'm not a psychologist or physiologist, but certainly that's bizarre behavior. After he assaults her, he throws up. Well, and that didn't make sense to me either. Maybe that was one of his first ones or yeah, something? Yeah, well, the guy said it. maybe he was shocked. Maybe uh, yeah, he was... Yeah, was, it wasn't but, into his thing yet. And I, I, see, this is one of those weird things. Like, if I'm traveling and I'm someplace, like, you know, some city or something that I don't mm-hmm. know, and I were to meet someone that would be like, oh, by the way, hey, if you want to come out, uh, I, I honestly can't sit here and say that I would say no. Uh, you know what? If it were by yourself and it was with some people you met, I would go. If I was a young woman and it was yeah, a dude, that's a lot to do with see, it. See, a lot of See, it's gender. You, you, we've talked about this. I'm, sh- I'm shaking. My yeah, you're ass. agreeing with me. Um, women have to have that second level guy, of consideration. Yeah, as a guy, I don't have that kind of fear, and that's why it's interesting to me because it was the mother and the two. There was three of them, mm-hmm. so there was three of them and only one of him. Yeah, so, so that's the really interesting to the me. The reenactment, he pulls out a knife, and you're saying he, he had to have a gun. Had to have had a gun. Yeah, I say it was because gun if too. it had just been a knife, I. I I just can't imagine a mother uh-huh. would have allowed. Yeah, I think all three of them would have freaked go, out. She wouldn't have fought, or she wouldn't have tried to fight, or something like that. Right. I, want, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I just. That's my, my, my. Me too. I don't think you would have been able to overpower to them with like a, a yeah, that small knife. But I wanted to point out, Jason Wilcox, the guy who was illegally giving boat rides, he had a bay liner. Eh, not so good. On a scale of one to ten, that's maybe a three. 
reenactment bu- guy has a Grady White. I think that he's he has some money. He was a on his when we finally see the the receipt, the woman shows the cops yeah. says license bonded and insured. He was none of those. We're right, not our guy. No, 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 no. So the reenactor looked it, not the guy. Yeah, not the guy. Yeah. But so understandably, the rape victim took a shower as soon as she got back to her hotel, That's and then she went thing. to the cops. That is it, li- li- uh, ladies, ladies. Yeah. I know you don't it's want to hear this disgusting. from some some fat guy in Northern Virginia, but. Listen, if, if anything like that ever happens, it goes directly to the emergency. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, you gotta, clean, it's, don't. It's I know you don't. You I think want people to. are more aware of that now th- in 1989. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. yeah, yeah, but yeah. they didn't have DNA testing, so it wouldn't have been able to like put him into a database. And although he'd been arrested, but they, they didn't take right, DNA samples right, right, back right. then. So, but that stuff is weirdly like they get it and then like well, 20 years later, yeah, no, we they'll were find able to it. Cut. You know, they'll, yeah, they'll be saliva on an envelope. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, just yeah. figured out who the um, Zodiac killer was. Yeah, they announced it. It's not you. <laughs> well, no shit. I wasn't alive. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, Wait a minute. What do you think of me? No. I don't leave the house. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, so they, they do get a composite sketch, uh, and it comes up, and it looks nothing like Jason Wilcox. Well, and then- I, thought, I thought maybe, okay, you know, because, you know, people, when they describe things, it- It looked nothing like it, him. It looked- it was a generic white guy. It was what it was. The, the drawing? The drawing. No, he yeah. looked older. He had a mustache. Jason Wilcox was clean shaven and about 20. I think that the the uh, artist's sketch of the possible suspect could have been mistaken for the guy. Not at so all. So when at first, when they first showed no. it, they're saying, it doesn't look anything it like doesn't. him. I'm like, it doesn't. It doesn't look, look anything like him. It doesn't. I'll put it on the Facebook page. You can put it on whatever. You can't tell me my opinion. I'm I'm telling you my opinion. And I'm telling you my opinion. And then and the I rape victim came like in and him. said it's not him. And then she saw a picture of him. And she's like, it's, it's not even close. Well, then when she saw the actual picture... Mm-hmm. Not the drawing. So we see pictures of bunches yeah, of bros. No, I'm just, I, I don't, you're giving, I think you're, I just couldn't disagree with you more. I think it looks Could something like Could you just said that instead of all of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't disagree with you more. And you just, no. Okay, uh, fine. So they say that 800 men are brought in for questioning. The ubiquity of dudes with blue, blue and white, white boats, boats in the greater Tampa area. But you forget on these cases how that kind of exhaustive, completely unrewarding, un- just to that all that kind of work the gumshoes do. is That's a detective. Yeah. What are these guys? The yeah, flatfoots? Yeah. But that, can you imagine just going through, you know, why? And, and, and anyway, the case goes cold. Well, before, and two you, years- before you go to that, though, I want to say this. This is, to me, this is interesting. So, if if you were approached like you know we're looking for a guy who's got a a small dark SUV yeah of which there are a million of, of which there are a million and you have a small dark SUV and the police approach you yeah and they're like the first thing I would do regardless of my record because some people have records because uh-huh. that doesn't make them bad people it does not it does not make there's them a lot bad. of good people in prison. Well, well, I don't know. I'm not going back. Anyway, the, the if the police approach you about something like that, I cannot imagine you putting up any kind of like, well, I don't have to tell you. Blah, blah, blah. The first thing I would do is, what's the date, day, and time? Where was I? I would be the first one to be like. Well, because you, just, you were innocent. <laughs> well, no. But I know you look I, bad even if you've guilty. Yeah, to, to right, push back against authority is always so a red flag. There's so many of them that do simply because I didn't do it, so I'm going to fuck with it. Yeah. And I'm like, you 
don't think of all the, the outreaching work that's involved in that just to get rid of the lists of people mm, that are. It's always a good idea to cooperate with. The I cops. would. I mean, you know, there's one point where you're getting screwed with. I'm not talking about getting screwed with. Right. Anyway, I'm saying knock, knock, knock. Let them Hi, make the first mistake. I'm a detective and I'm looking, looking for this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me look at my phone. Like, where I, was I? On <laughs> the next episode, we're gonna do the guy is just like that. The guy who gets caught and he's like, "You caught me. Here's what happened." Oh, he mm, just right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. So the case has gone cold. The detectives were here. How long like, did they give you time frame? They- well, this was June of 1989. The billboard goes up in 1992 in the Oof. spring. Of, so it was almost two and a half Oof. years later. The billboard goes up. Our suspect immediately leaves the area. And this is when Joanne, who we met, we met Joanne Steffi, who we met earlier. So now Joanne Steffi has seen the billboard and she needed to act. She's fantastic. When I first initially met Mr. Chandler, he came across as, as not telling the truth and he wouldn't look you in the eye. And he, he just seemed shifty. I thought she was wearing prison scrubs, and I thought for a moment that maybe she took a hard left after all this went down and it ended. You know what I mean? Because her outfit prison didn't it, didn't it look like scrubs? Oh, look, it's those, it's those non-collar, very generic looking. Yeah, yeah. I understand I, I thought what maybe, you're saying. Maybe no. after this, she kind of like led a life of crime. <laughs> did something wrong? But Joanna, I think it's interesting though that she noticed that. Uh-huh. How detail or because I get handwritten receipts for stuff all the time. I don't think I wouldn't recognize that. Uh, yeah, she was a contractor and she said uh you know that he didn't make eye contact he seemed really shifty and i'm like joanne you just described every contractor i've well, ever that's met true too. but i'm specifically talking <laughs> he's about not the special re- i'm talking about the receipts like the receipts i've gotten for cars or yeah. even the porch or something. well he was also her neighbor he lived nearby her oh, apparently oh, oh, but oh, it, it was research that, you got that, that handwriting research that handwriting was very distinctive though and i could see why she was like you know what that the weird yeah. creepy yep, neighbor yep, yep, yep. cue the batman theme joanne is on it Joanne rushed home and found the handwritten receipt for some work Chandler had done for her. As I was looking at it, my knees actually buckled. I nearly fell from the sheer shock of the proof now to me that this this was the man they've been looking for all this time. And I knew there was no turning back at this point, that I had to get everything to the police. She gets the receipt to Teresa Stubbs, who is our forensic handwriting forensic, expert. Forensic. And she even says forensic a couple of times. And she uh, says, yeah, it was written by the same person. It was like, oh my God, this is it. I immediately saw the capital T repeatedly throughout his writing. My heart started racing. I found all the whys and the variations that were on the brochure. Within minutes, I knew I had found the writer. And no, Teresa, Joanne did it. You're trying to steal her thunder. Joanne confirmed that it was the same person. You merely approved it officially. So Teresa's trying to take all the credit for this. So we find out it's Oba Chandler. Oba. And uh, he's 43 years old, runs a construction business, and has eight children by seven different women. And of course, I'm looking <laughs> at him, and I'm like, he must have a good talking game. I don't know. Well, he, he was nice look, nice enough looking. No, he uh, no, no, he, he looked like he looked like he, uh, <laughs> no uh, reenactment looked like uh, like a. What did he look like? He he looked like he was really put together and was doing okay in business okay. and nice, well dressed. I, I was trying a, to tell this uh, not this, Oba man. Oba looked like he looked. Hey, hey he, no. I he was looked. telling uh, Dick and, and my friends Dick and Charlie about this. Uh, 
we were they were going to be recording it, and I said to him, and this guy had seven different children by eight different women, and they both were looking at me like <laughs> that math doesn't add up. <laughs> I got it backwards. <laughs> the other way around. The other way around. <laughs> so he's had sexual assault convictions going back to when he was a teenager. His home was on a canal and was only a mile from the boat ramp. He has sold his boat. He moved away. Um, almost immediately after that billboard went up to another part of Florida. Now, they're investigating his whole thing, right? They they pounce. Uh, ship-to-shore phone records put him on the water on the days of both the rape mm. and the homicides. And he, of course, denies everything, but they bring in the rape victim, and she picks him out of a line. She picks him out of a picture, and then she picks him out of a lineup. Yes. And this and I, you think Oba doesn't look... I don't think reenactment Oba looks oh, much like Oh, he doesn't look anything like him. No, no, no. Uh, the reenactment Oba almost looked like Sam Elliott in a, in a way. He was very preppy. He was looking. very preppy looking. Yeah. Right. Sarah Dubal is a fingerprint and impressions expert, and she forensic. Forensic. Yeah, I think they call her forensic. And she shows- well, you did. You got to give that woman credit where credit's due. <laughs> She's forensic, all right. But this is what they found on the brochure. The brochure was processed with a chemical called anhydrin, a chemical that reacts with the amino acids found in fingerprint residue. Prints, when they come in contact with anhydrin, will turn purple and can then be photographed. On the brochure were numerous fingerprints and one palm print. Sure enough, that palm print is Chandler's. That actually impressed me. Yeah. That actually impressed me. That, and they had to do that old school because that's now all automated. Right. Like computers right, do it. That, right, back right. then, it's well, very no, tedious. the whole hand is like a fingerprint. I mean, if you yeah, have a portion it's all of the hand, right. you can, yeah. Did you know squirrel monkeys have a prehensile tail? And they have a bare spot at the end of their tail, and the bare spot has a unique fingerprint on it, and you can identify different spider monkeys with their fingerprint. With their tail fingers. Wow. <laughs> the, the, I wasn't expecting that turn. And I know. And also- I'm going to have to look at the end of the puss's tail. Yeah. Because uh, there's a bear spot now. <laughs> well, that's because of the door. Uh, yeah, a little accident. Yeah. Uh, puss gate. When his puss tail gate. actually got caught in the gate. And also koala palm prints look almost identical to humans. It's a, it's a weird thing that you can take a palm print from a koala and it looks wow. human-like. I know. So- <laughs> Bloop. Pop-up video. So Glenn Moore says that's sort of a slam dunk. Getting that palm print on there was pretty strong. That not only linked our handwriting to the brochure, but also uh, a palm print. And you don't get much better than that. He's charged with kidnapping and first-degree murder. And now we get the recap in classic forensic files form. Investigators believe Chandler met Joan Rogers at a gas station where Joan may have asked him for directions to their hotel. Chandler wrote them on her map leaving behind a handwriting sample and his palm print. That's when Chandler may have offered to give them a sunset cruise on his boat, an offer the girls accepted. Chandler gave Joan directions to the boat launch, and when she wrote them, she also jotted down a vital clue. Blue with W-H-T. Later that night, Chandler took them out on the water where they were at his mercy. One thing I wanted to note, I didn't think reenactment Joan was very appreciative of the offer. She seemed a little like, yeah, all right, sure you can take us out on the boat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was going to kill her, but I thought she seemed very entitled. Uh, 
<laughs> in her Calais. Yeah. That old snotty woman in her Calais. Uh, yes. Yeah, but That's anyway, that, I blame that on the director. Did you, when they were doing the reenactment of him pushing them over the side of the boat that's what that made me clench because because they were alive their mouths were they had tape around their apparently and all three of them were awake Uh uh-huh when they went in the water so the first the last person had to watch the first two two go in and I, i can't imagine how terrifying that was but just watching the actors the actresses being pushed over the side of the boat just made me see that it, was the other thing the reenactment the the the, uh, the uh, actresses were way too polite i'm telling you if i was in that situation i'm like i'm going to die anyway i'm going to fight back as much as i can mm. that's me uh so he calls home to say he's having engine trouble and that's why he's explaining to his wife why he's late for dinner honey can you put mine in the microwave i'll be home they had actually st- which uh, wonder which wife or wonder which yeah, woman jeez <laughs> They had a, a a forensic engine specialist. It was just a mechanic came in and he explained that the way Chandler explained what he did to his boat, he's like that doesn't make any sense. Where was that? Uh, this was extra research. Uh, I just want to forget. To uh, you it. did a lot of research on this one. I didn't get it. I didn't. I'm a little lazy. I didn't get around to it. Thank you, Wikipedia. So what Chandler described what he did and the mechanic is like that makes no sense whatsoever. That's not the repair you made. Uh, again, the ship to shore call is documented, puts him on the water on the scene. We hear the judge telling him he will be killed. Over Chandler, you have not only forfeited your right to live among us, under the laws of the state of Florida, you have forfeited your right to live at all. Mr. Chandler, may God have mercy on your soul. When he the sentence is being read out, I thought he was acting kind of strangely. But then I pointed out to you when he walks past the. Uh, but he was smiling. Yeah. He kind of smiled. And, and he stuff. stepped up onto the step and as they then, let him out, and then he sticks his tongue out as he goes and by. I missed that completely. Yeah. Now it wasn't like a. It was just a little. Mm, Quick, you know, yeah, like just a little, little mm, but childish. Yeah. And, and, and you I just wonder been, who that was to the judge. I think it was to the judge, but it might have been that lady who was taking. The, there was some there a was prosecutor a that he went by, maybe a stenographer, but that's just. So he I guess, go down fighting again. Well, I don't he claimed know. he claimed he was innocent, and they had. That's uh, not even. That's way beyond circumstantial. <laughs> they liked him for other murders too, but they couldn't get anything. They, they so got he, him later he, somehow. With well, DNA. he filed appeal after appeal, and then they were exhausted. They noted that he stood out for most inmates. He never had a single visitor. His wife, who he was married to at the time, they had a ten-year-old daughter. She forbid him ever seeing her again, or even seeing photos of her as she grew up. She didn't want any. That that was. <laughs> how long? How long was he in jail before they put him? Put he him was. In, he was convicted in '92. He was finally um, executed in 2005. He was there for so he was in jail for 13 years. And there, that was again. I said. I just. 2006. Said, Sorry, it's 2006. Circumstantial. I mean, they had palm prints. They yep. had the, and then but but one of them. I don't. I don't think you told me. I think this was on the show that they connected him to another. After death. his death After in his 2008, death. DNA confirmed that he had actually killed a woman in Ponta Madria Beach, Florida, okay. in 1990, which was a year after that he did, killed the right. the, the, the so Rogers now, family. Those are three people, four people that we know that he did. And and think about this: the the wife that he was married to is like, yep, he did it. Like there was no question. No. There was no nothing. So that you know that means that there there are 
bodies that were never found. There are people that were, you know. Yeah, these serial killers that they, they catch them with a three or four body count and they're like, you know, why don't you help bring some cl- These people are not good people. So it's like, you want to bring some closure to the family? Why don't you just tell who else you killed? Well, they don't care. But they don't care. You're they right. They don't care. And then at the very end, when Ted Bundy was nearing his execution date and he was, you know, he was scared because he didn't want to die naturally. He's like, I, you know, I might need some more time to remember some more of these. It's not going to take weeks. It might not take months. It might even take years. And they're like, sorry, Ted. Yeah. Tuesday, you're going to take a seat. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. The crowds but are gathered I mean, at outside. At that point, that's when they're seeing the, uh-oh. Oh, the know, crowds yeah. are gathered outside Ted Bundy's execution were hilarious. They're well, like, it's Friday, Ted. And the other guy was like, take Lord. a seat, Ted. That's bizarro. That yeah, crazy. I can't even... I, I'm trying. I'm trying to put myself in the position of the of the mother and the kids. Like, hey, you want to go out that on a boat? That I can identify with the terror and all that stuff. I cannot identify with the killer instinct that you've kind of hinted you get. No, no, wait a minute. I am not. T- I know you just want to. You shoot gotta your boss. stop this because it sounds really bad. Like I'm this horrible person. No, you're, no, 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 no. But it. But but I mean, I can't because I'm a big guy. I'm kind of a big guy. I'm very aware of how I affect women uh-huh. if, if i'm if i'm in a you know i realize that you know i'm big enough that and i've told the story a million times i was in a parking garage i'm sure i'm good company i was in a parking garage and it was dark and this woman and i kind of came out of the store at the same time yeah she was right in front of me uh-huh. and we were walking across the thing into the parking garage and I could see her visibly uh, becoming becoming scared. Yeah, and I was like, you know, and of course I will. No, no, it's okay. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, but you can- and I just stopped walking yeah. because I knew she's scared. I'm not doing anything. No, I, I can I've, just stand I've here. I got self-conscious about that too. I'm like, I come out and I'm I'm walking. It's a hey, you're remote talking parking garage. You'd be like, hi, how are you? Well, yeah, see, no, I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I I can just see that, and I'll just I'll go take an right. angle away from that. I think, or like, I'll just stop, and something on my phone is suddenly right, come right, up. Right. You know. But I think men don't always. A lot of men don't think about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then now here's a woman, and she's got her two kids. They're her daughters. It's three women, and you know the the youngest girl was 14, so she was looked like a woman even yeah, if she was yeah. a teenager and i just it's just can you imagine the a, horror when just, they realize what was happening oh my god i can't, I can't. no 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 this I, is actually I, terrifying I, this yeah, re- yeah well a, a funnier instance of somebody being um a cost not accosted someone being contacted someone being taken unawares you getting gas that night it was dark ah! and the guy came up and tapped you and you turned around and jumped into a karate <laughs> squat and you, as a young muscular guy tell, who was in good shape I just wanted to story this is very funny <laughs> Again, I'm a big dude. I'm out at a I'm at a gas station in the middle of Podunk nowhere. Yeah. It is pitch black outside of the lights of the gas station. Yeah. It was like a multi-mart. <laughs> you painted you know, a really vivid you know, picture. It was a multi-mart, you know, so so like, you know, you could go and get whatever. But, I want you know, I in my head there's show tunes being played on your car well, dashboard. Actually, I, I don't think I turned my car. I think my car was still running just because I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, I can yeah. stop. And, and singing along there's not a car <laughs> there's nothing in sight and i am pumping gas and behind me i hear excuse me sir or something uh, like that and i i probably 
I probably peed myself a little bit. But I turned into Karate Kid, man. It was a Duke's it, up. Yeah, Duke's <laughs> up like what? And of course, me, I'm paranoid. The ones mm. talking to you so that someone can get you from Yeah, the you always that's the big bonk on the head from you the other make, guy. You can make fun of me all you want. And I, I will. don't care. Uh, and the guy, I scared he started the laughing. shit. I, I thought he started the laughing. Shit out of the guy because of or whatever I did, you know. And he jumped back. Yeah. And it was some young guy. They just you know, bum and change. Just, he, well, some he was probably scamming me for money, but he was. He, was bum, not, he asked you for money, but he was not being aggressive. Like, he no. wasn't trying to, you know, anything like that. And if you get in a scuffle, what do you want to do? Me? You want to take the fight to the ground because you want to use your legs because uh, you said they're legs, the strongest yeah. things you've got. Do you mind if we take this to the ground, perpetrator? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, bang. You know, Can yeah. This from down here? Yeah, one good kick, I got him. I got my. Like you, an ostrich. You got to know your strength. Disembowel him. You got to right? know your strength. Yeah, I got nice, powerful. All leg. right, well, that's the Oba Chandler story. Thanks for listening to it with us, and we'll be back next week with another tale. Au revoir, Au revoir, Au revoir. I can't even say that. Good night. Bye.